and welcome to episode 57 of the Atlas Podcast. My name is Emma Loggins, Editor-in-Chief at FanBolt.com. I am Matt Rodriguez, the owner and chief editor of ShakeFire.com. And I'm Mike McKinney from LastOneToLeaveTheTheater.com and ATLCW.TV. And we're going to start out uh, talking about an event that happened last weekend here in Atlanta, uh, MomoCon, which is one of the, the big cosplay events that we have here in the city every year. And Mike had a chance to check it out a little bit. Yeah, I went and saw it. Uh, they had over 33,000 attendees and actually uh, people that went to it several times. Uh, so there's over 70,000 accrued visits. Uh, so it was it's quite a big event. Um, it's it's amazing because it's actually two whole uh, halls. So they have one hall that's just for gaming, and it's got little. They had literally every game you can imagine, from old arcade games to board games to card games to the latest in video games and computer games. And then the other hall was filled with vendors. And uh, you can get autographs with some of the uh, voiceover actors that were appearing. Um, so it was a really big site. The highlight for me was, um, and I'm not going to remember their names, but the guys that did the voices for Pinky and the Brain were there. Um, and uh, so that was a lot of fun for me because I used to air all those shows. Hmm. Cool. It's fun. It's funny that you mentioned like how it take up like two whole you know areas. Um, at the, what was it, the Congress Center? Yes, it was at Georgia World Congress Center. Yeah, because, like, I, when, I remember when it first started back in the day, because I went to Georgia Tech, and that's where it's originated, and it was at the Student Center. It was free, so anybody could come. And, you know, it's just to see it go from the Student Center at Georgia Tech to now the the Georgia World Congress Center is is crazy it's amazing yeah if you're if you're into um gaming or anime um and cosplay if you're doing cosplay for anime i didn't see a lot of superheroes or uh, things like that but i saw a lot of anime most of which i didn't know what they were um it is the one for you this is an amazing uh convention and it's over four days and it's always on uh, Memorial Day weekend. So, if you're in big into gaming, or if you're really into anime, this is the convention view, and make plans to go see it next year. Yeah, I want to check it out one of these years. I I'm always like out of town or somehow miss it, but one of these years I'm gonna get around to it. <laughs> Um, well, cool. Uh, well, we also got to do something else this weekend, an annual event that uh, we have every year, obviously annual, um, called Pilots and Pizza. And we basically eat pizza and watch some of the pilots that are going to be premiering in the fall in the mid-season. And it's just a group of media friends that get together and check it out. And a lot of these pilots are actually not for a review yet, so we're not going to do official reviews or anything. Uh, but I did want to mention that we got the chance to check out Dynasty, which is uh, filmed here in Atlanta, and Valor, both of which will be on the CW this fall, and Midnight Texas, which actually premieres um, next month, uh, right before comic-con and we're actually going to be seeing those guys next week out in austin texas uh at atx festival and uh 
I'm curious. I'm curious what you guys, well, I'm curious what Mike thought about the pilot because <laughs> yeah. Matt, Matt was uh, I not there. I unfortunately missed it. I was MIA due to my throat. Yeah, I don't, a sore throat, I don't so. think, yeah, I don't think the network will let me say much. Um, it was fun to see Nick, our, our buddy uh, that we see every year at ATX, uh, Nick Weschler, uh, in it. Um, and there were a couple of scenes that um, we recognized, uh, uh, was ATL recognized, um, so that was fun. Um, Midnight Texas. Um, Midnight. I'm sorry? I said you were talking about Midnight Texas, right? Yeah, that's... Uh, no, I was talking, no, I was talking about Dynasty. Uh, oh, dynasty! I gotcha. <laughs> I yeah. was I was lost too. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and then and then I was going to move into Midnight Texas, um, which my uh, my old ATX buddy Ariel Kebble, um, she was on the Vampire Diaries and a bunch of other CW shows. Um, in fact, she hosted the Vampire on Vampire Diaries online for the CW for almost the entire uh, full run of the series. Um, is in it, and she plays a uh, kick-ass bounty hunter that I just fell in love with. Um, so, it's not hard to fall in love with her. She's a pretty charming and good-looking gal. That she is. That she is. <laughs> um, I'm actually really excited for that that series. I did a set visit, which I talked about a little bit on this podcast uh, back in January, but all of those interviews that I did and kind of really all of the details from that set visitor under embargo until next month when the series releases. So I'll be excited to, to have some of those interviews on here. They're pretty good, pretty good interviews. Um, Something to look forward exactly. to. Exactly. It's just, it's a little tease of what's coming up. But uh, we're going to be checking out some more pilots as they start to get released over the summer. So uh, before the fall season starts, we'll give you guys kind of a rundown of our picks of what you guys should watch. There are a few that I'm really, really excited for that I've not seen yet. Um, The Good Doctor with Freddie Highmore, The Resident, um, which The Resident, um, I'm going to butcher his last name, the guy that played Logan in Gilmore Girls, Matt Krunschke. Is that how you say it? I don't know. I never. I haven't I so. seen Gilmore Girls. So oh, I feel like Mike. It's not my area. Mike should know the answer to this. <laughs> um, and uh, Emily, Emily Van Camp. Emily Van Camp is in it as well. Um, so that one looks really good. I believe that's I, a Fox. I saw the trailer for that the other day, and yeah, it looked really good and really intense. And that was filmed here too, wasn't it? Yeah, the the pilot. Um, at least the pilot. It was. At least. It looked like it was. Uh, they showed the high in it um yeah i think the high is the the hospital it is yeah <laughs> at least the outside of the high is the where the hospital is which uh so i think i remember i was gonna say fun fact that's also the exterior for the hospital that was used in red band society which aired on fox a couple of years back <laughs> fox must really like it i think they do i think it's their go-to hospital location um yeah but yeah there's a i'm you had a couple others i'm really excited for uh Startup, which is uh, Zach Braff's new series that got picked up by, uh, I think it's ABC. Yeah. That picked him up. That one looks really so, good. Yeah. So, Scrubs is one of my all time favorite shows. So, pretty much anything Zach Braff does, I will watch. <laughs> <laughs> Although, oh, what was the movie wasn't that good that he just directed, um, Going in Style, that we reviewed here. <laughs> I missed out on that one, but uh, yeah. I, I don't feel like I missed out on it. <laughs> um, but yeah, 
Well, cool. Um, but um, sc- speaking of Scrubs, another show coming out um, is Life Sentence, which is Bill Lawrence who did Scrubs. So he has his own. Right, show. and that's and, that's and I was I. Sh- I'm sorry. I was gonna. I was actually gonna start talking about that one because it's gonna be on the CW, and it stars Lucy Hill, who you know has had this great run on uh, Pretty Little Liars, and that's the one I'm very excited to see. Unfortunately, it is a mid-season replacement. It's not gonna be. I don't believe it's gonna be at the start of the season. But um, and I know the network is really really high on it. Um, they love the pilot, um, and so that that's the one I'm most looking for forward to. Yeah, we should uh, we should have a few more of those pilots here in a couple of weeks. Usually, as media, you'll get bombarded with pilots kind of right before Comic Con and then right before Upfronts, which happens uh, right after Comic Con. So, uh, we'll we'll see what all they have in store for us. Uh, but moving right along, let's uh, head into our box office report because we had a couple of bets last week about. Um, how Pirates of the Caribbean and Baywatch would do. I don't remember actually who who I don't that think won. we actually <laughs> I don't think we we talked about it, but then I don't think we actually did anything. I mean we all I think we all agreed that Pirates was gonna win easily. Which it did. Did we act, did we say any numbers? <laughs> it might have been actually at one I of the th- screenings we uh we made some bets. I don't know. I this last I have a cold which, I know I was <laughs> I'm just gonna blame. I know. I was, blame I was throwing for around thirty million. For what? I know. I was throwing Pirates? around uh, around. No, thirty million that's for a, that Baywatch. Seems low. Yeah. Well, no, Baywatch. Yeah. Uh, Baywatch was eighteen million. It came in third, and and Pirates was in first with sixty-two thousand or sixty-two million. Excuse me, um, which is a lot better than I thought it was gonna do. I don't know. I don't know about you yeah. guys, but. <laughs> Um, I I kind of thought that was kind of low for pirates. Really? Because I mean, hasn't that usually been like a hundred plus million opening weekend? Usually the franchise. Yeah, but it's not that great, and it's the fifth one, no. so <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, the last couple haven't been that great. So. That's true. That's true. the <laughs> The production budget for this one was uh, two hundred and thirty million. So I'm not sure how excited. The studios are with this one. I'm also not sure how well it did overseas. Maybe it did better in the international. It's, it's already at 297 over overseas. So yeah, so yeah, it's, it's good to go. It's still doing well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mole Guardians held on um, to second, and it uh, came in with 20 20.9 million, and that's in of course its fourth week of release. And Baywatch. Of course, in third with 18 million, Alien Covenant fell to fourth with 10.6 million, and rounding up the top five was Everything Everything with six million. So, not and of a- course, the hated, the course they hated Boss Baby still in the top ten at yeah. number nine. <laughs> From- I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping and praying that this week, that with uh, Captain Underpants coming in, coming into the marketplace, that Boss Baby will be finally out of the top ten. We'll see. Probably. I don't know. Well, I mean, you'll have <laughs> you'll have a uh, Wonder Woman, which will push everything down one, so that's nine automatically. Yeah. And then yeah, that's true. Captain Underpants will definitely do better than what, like two million dollars. <laughs> so. And and it's yeah. gonna be real interesting to see how far uh, Baywatch falls because I think it's gonna fall really really fast. Um, it I think word of mouth on it is just killed it. 
Unfortunately, I don't think there's going to be any Baywatch sequels um, based on uh, based on this, but we'll we'll see. Um, but I do want to talk about Wonder Woman. Let's uh, let's talk about that one first because we all saw that, and on on Monday night or excuse me Tuesday night, all my days are running together this week. <laughs> um, it was awesome. I don't know what else there is to say about it other than the official review that we're going to do. But um, Finally, DC has got it right. They did. They got it right. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you have... It's taken them so many movies. Just a few. Um, do one of you guys want to kind of set it up with the, the storyline and the, the outline of the film? Go for it, Matt. Uh, sure. So... Basically, you know, Wonder Woman, after first appearing in Batman vs. Superman, um, this one acts as more of an origins story for her character, and basically, you know, um, she lives on the island of Themyscira, along with the rest of the Amazonian race, which is all women. And so, one day... Um, a guy lands on, or a man lands on her shores, and that is Steve Trevor, played by Chris Pine. And basically, what unfolds is World War. It's World War One. Yes, I believe. Yes, yeah, yeah, World, World War One is going on, and so basically, she travels to London with Steve Trevor to fight in this war. And she's supposed to be, like, the protector of man. That's what the gods have deemed her as. And so it's basically her orig origin story. Cool. Well, um, let's uh, jump right into our official Atlas review, starting with Boredom Factor. One to five. I can give this a zero on my end for Boredom Factor. How about you guys? I'd give it a one. Mm -hmm. There was a little... In the middle, I kind of felt a little bit of a drill. But um, not much, not much at all. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna be there with them and give it a zero. Yay! That never happens. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, well, cool. Uh, eye rolling factor again. I'm gonna give it a zero on the one to five scale for for eye rolling. Yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. That is there was I I was never I yeah I never rolled my eyes. It was. Everything was awesome, to quote the Lego movie. I was about to say, that's, uh, that's from the Lego movie. What about you, Mike? I agree. I agree. I think, I think there, was, uh, there was no eye-rolling at all. Um, and uh, it, even though it is a fairly long movie, two hours and 21 minutes, it didn't feel like it was two hours and 21 minutes. Um, it felt like it was a, a, a very fast-moving, hour-and-a-half movie. I agree. It's one of those uh, films that you just, you don't want it to be over because, like, you're so enthralled yeah. in it. And I feel like those films are, are fairly rare. But, um, but yeah, it was one of those for me. Uh, best performance. I mean, I feel like you have to give it to Gal. You have to. Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Yeah, no. She, she was amazing as Wonder Woman. Like, I, she was one of the best things about Batman vs. Superman. One of the only um, good things about her, Batman versus yeah, Superman. Her, her brief yeah, I was about to say, that was the like, only good thing. Yeah. Well, I also liked um, Ben Affleck's performance as Batman. So, But that movie is over, so we're talking about Wonder Woman here. <laughs> and, but no, like she is amazing in this. Hey. And 
she just silences all the doubters, you know, back when it was announced, like, oh, she can't play Wonder Woman and blah, blah, blah. But no, she is fantastic. I, I do want to mention... it all. I do want to mention Chris Pine because I think he, he was perfect for the role. They've got great chemistry together. They do. And the other thing is that, unlike the other DC movies... This movie has humor, and we know with his Star Trek performances that Chris Pine can do humor, um, and uh, you know, still in an action film, but but do that humor that you know he does with with Captain uh, Kirk. Um, so I really love their chemistry together. But uh, Gallus, I mean, she's in literally every scene, um, and she just pulls it off. She does. I think uh, mentioning the humor is a, it's a good note because I think when you compare Marvel and DC films, DC films tend to be a lot darker, whereas Marvel movies tend to have a lot more humor and they seem more playful. Um, but I think this was kind of an interesting blend of, of humor, but still kind of retaining that dark, gritty feel that DC is kind of known for, um, which yeah. worked well. Yeah. Um, worst performance. I don't have anything that stands out to me for this one. I don't know about you guys. I don't know, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say there was a worse performance. I mean, it all came down to not a lot of screen time for any of the... It was mostly a Gal Gadot and Chris Pine movie. Agreed. You know, with a couple of supporting characters here and there. I mean, I kind of wished the villains were fleshed out a little bit more, but I mean, I enjoyed their performances. Agreed. What about you, Mike? Um, I, I don't, I don't. It's not a worse performance. I just think, um, as far as the writing, uh, the character of uh, Doctor Maru, uh, who is this evil scientist working for the Germans and is creating this doomsday uh, uh, bomb, um, her character was was very one dimensional to me and. Uh, they did ever, even though she's in quite a few scenes, and there's a couple of times when she's got an interaction with, with the uh, main characters. Uh, it just uh, that's the only thing I didn't like about the film. But that's a very minor quibble. Gotcha. Um, well, obviously there was no ATL recognition in in this film. Um, although I pretty much want to go to every location they filmed at. And especially the, the island in the beginning, which I'm not sure if it's in Italy or New Zealand, but I'm still doing some digging on that. Um, <laughs> I feel like that needs to be my next uh, Geek Girl travel trip is, is just a week on one of those beaches. Nice. Um, but overall, what do you guys think? One to five uh, on the official Atlas scale. I'm giving it a full Atlas, giving it a full five. Um, I loved it. Yeah. No, I loved it. I I thought it was great. It's the best DC movie and one of the best like superhero movies Agreed. I've seen. So, yeah, I'll give it a full atlas. I'll give it a full atlas and I'll add an extra small S. <laughs> atlas. And, so and an atlas. Here's, here's the reason is that I was really excited about this film um, just because of the fact that Wonder Woman was the only good thing in Batman versus Superman. Um, and she was the, she was the only thing that gave me hope for DC movies because they've been pretty dismal lately. And it, it this carried, this movie carried out with flying colors. And and the, you know the other thing that we could talk a little bit about is the fact that a lot of 
of uh, stuff on the internet was worried that um, they weren't doing enough to publicize this movie because they thought it was going to be a bomb. The studio didn't. Because uh, we normally see a lot more uh, stuff like three or four months before a big blockbuster like this comes out. Um, and this movie, you know, delivered. And uh, I just, I'm, I'm in love with this film. I really am. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know where, like, all that talk... Like, I saw Wonder Woman publicity everywhere. Like, I'm not quite sure where all that came from. Yeah. Um, I I think the studios are going to be really happy with this one. I think we need to probably make some bets about how much it's going to make. What what kind of estimates I, do you guys want to give for this one? I'm thinking 100 plus. I'm thinking 100 plus, too, for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's... It's gonna dominate. Yeah, I talked. I talked with uh, my counterpart uh, at the uh, CW station down in Tampa, and and he he said ninety five million, and it could be a hundred plus. Um, and if the word of mouth is gonna gonna really help, uh, the fact that it's getting great reviews um, is another thing. And uh, the footage uh, in the trailers just looks amazing, makes the film look amazing, which it is amazing looking. And I want everybody to go see this movie in the big screen. Don't wait until it comes out on DVD or on, you know, on Netflix or, or whatever else. Go and see it in the big screen because it really needs to be seen in the big screen because there's some spectacular battles in this film. Uh, the opening battle sequ- the opening battle sequence is just amazing uh, along the cliffside of the island. Um, uh, that's just uh, they did some amazing things in this film. Um, and the only thing I would say is don't go see it in 3D because it was not shot in 3D. Yeah, um, we didn't see it in 3D though, did we? No, we no. did not. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I don't remember seeing it. No, that's not. It was only it's but only no, two yeah, days the, ago. The choreography. <laughs> The choreography was amazing, though. Yeah. It was. It really was. And it's got a 92% right now on Rotten Tomatoes, so a lot of love going for it. Um, I, yeah, I'm excited As to well see. As well it should. I'm excited to see how well it does. Um, but moving into the next film, you guys saw Captain Underpants. I did not, but I'll, I'll still walk you guys through the review. Uh, Another superhero movie. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit different. Uh, I don't think little bit don't different. think this one's as sexy as Wonder Woman, but maybe I'm wrong. No. <laughs> um, um, yeah, there's not really a, a, a character I would put in the class of Wonder Woman. <laughs> um, basic. <coughs> I'm sorry, but yeah, basically, um, this is a film about uh, two kids that are best friends. Uh, Kevin Hart. And uh, uh, Thomas um, Middleditch uh, play the two voices of George and Harold, and they love doing practical jokes. Um, and the principal, um, who's played by Ed Helms, uh, is always trying to catch him. Has never been successful, and then finally he is successful, and he's going to separate them. Um, one of the things the kids do in their off time is they create comic books, and they have. A character by the name of Captain Underpants as their lead character and um, they have a magic ring that basically hypnotizes Cap, uh, uh, the principal into thinking he's Captain Underpants. Um, now Captain Underpants is incredibly dumb and doesn't have any superpowers but he thinks he does and so then they have to keep 
track of Captain Underpants because if they turn him back into Mr. Krupp, he will once become the, the mean uh, principal and will separate them. And then the an evil guy shows up as a substitute teacher, and his name is Professor Poopy Pants. is played by Nick Kroll, and he has a plan to take over the world basically. And Captain Underpants and the two kids have got to stop him. Cool. Um, well, let's uh, hop right on into our review. Boredom Factor one to five. What would you guys give it? Honestly, I wasn't bored. I was surprised by the whole thing i would give it a one you know um i thought the animation style was great to look at and they switch it around a couple of times so like they do um some classic you know hand-drawn animations um mostly though it reminds me a lot of the peanuts movie in that style um even though it's not the same studios that did it but um, and then they at one point they also like go into sock puppet animations, so it's like a really varied animation style, and so that kept me interested the entire movie. Yeah, I'm not as high on this film as uh, Matt is. Um, I would give it a, like a two point five. Um, there, my biggest problem with this film is that uh, I love the first half of the film when it was just Captain Underpants and the two kids, or just the two kids. Um, I love the relationship between the two kids. What I didn't like about it is when uh, the professor shows up. Um, I thought the professor was incredibly one-dimensional, um, and he didn't bring a lot to the film other than to, for it being a foil that the kids had to figure out how to defeat him and how to, how to use Captain Underpants to defeat him. Um, that that's my weak point to the movie, and uh, I was bored at times. Um, I like I said, I love the first half. Just when uh, the the professor shows up, it kind of went downhill for me. Uh, so eye rolling factor one to five. What would you guys give it? This one's a lot higher. <laughs> uh, I'd give it like a three, because um, you know it's geared for kids. So you know Captain Underpants, Professor Poopy Pants. There's a lot of toilet humor. Um, there's a physical, massive toilet that actually attacks the city. So I mean, you know, it's not, it's not a sophisticated film, <laughs> as I would say. So yeah. I mean, there there was a lot of eye rolling. Yeah, there's there's a lot of jokes that don't work because they're incredibly juvenile that I think kids will think it's hilarious, especially very young kids. Uh, but for adults. It's got a lot of it um, that just goes, you know, it's just lower common denominator kid jokes. Gotcha. Um, best performance. Who would you guys give that to? I would give it to um, Ed Helms as the, the principal slash Captain Underpants because, like, you know, he, when he's the principal, he has, you know, this very mean and stern demeanor, but when he's Captain Underpants, he changes to into this more heroic and outrageous voice. And, like, there's these subtle differences in his voice. So, I mean, I thought he pulled it off pretty wonderfully. But, I mean, I really liked everybody's, almost everybody's performance in the film because, like, they all did wonderful with their characters. Like, they all brought something special to their characters. 
I really liked uh, Kevin Hart and Thomas uh, Middlevich because uh, the fact that they had really nice chemistry together and very high energy. Um, and I, you know, if I didn't know it was Kevin Hart, I wouldn't recognize it because his he changes his voice into a kid voice that was was really really good. So that's that's what I really liked about it. Well, I recognize Kevin Hart instantly. I mean, he sounds like a kid to begin with. I would say almost. <laughs> uh, so, what about worst performance? Who would you guys give that to? Um, I wasn't feeling a what uh, Kristen Shaw. All that all, she plays Edith, who's the school lunch lady who um, has a crush on the principal. And they have this kind of, you know, this little fling back and forth. And I just wasn't feeling it. And a lot of that has to do because of how little they devoted to her character. Yeah, I, I'll agree with that. Um, she was definitely one of the weak points of the film. Um, and she, they, she's another character that's incredibly one-dimensional. Um, and she just seemed to be thrown in to the to it just to uh, just to give a little extra uh, to the film so I'm gonna assume yeah. there's a uh, no ACL recognition factor in this one um, no. <laughs> no. I don't think yeah no <laughs> overall though on the official Atlas scale what would you guys give this one I mean I'm, I might be a little little high but I'm gonna give it an Atla Really? A full. Yeah. A four? I mean, like, I, I was, I was pleasantly surprised by it. Like, I honestly, you know, I was expecting another Boss Baby or, you know, um, what was the other one that just came out? Um. Which other one? Oh, the Diary of the Wimpy Kid. Oh, you know, the yeah. Ones that are geared toward kids, and it's, but this one, this one surprised me. You know, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I'm gonna give it an at. Um, I like I said, I loved the first half, and I did not like the second half at all. Well, this one currently has an 87 on Rotten Tomatoes, so there's a fair amount of of love behind it so far from critics. Yeah, now, now I I think kids are gonna love it because it is their humor. Um, and I talked I talked to a couple of kids after the screening and that have read a lot of the books, and they said it was it was pretty close to what the books were and they really enjoyed that fact they felt it captured the books really really well so kids i think kids are gonna love it i just don't know if parents are going to gotcha um well i know you wanted to mention another film that was coming out this this friday as well not as though you need another film other than wonder woman to go see but if you want another option uh mike you want to talk a little bit about obit yeah, yeah, it's just a, it's a really cool documentary about the New York Times um, obituary department. Um, they're one of the last newspapers that still has an obituary department. Uh, it's, it's just a fascinating film. Um, I love the fact that you get to see how these writers uh, work. And basically, in one day, they will research, they will call and talk to people, um, and interview them about the person's deceased, and then have to write a 500 to an 800 word uh, uh, synopsis of this person's life. And it's a bunch of different writers, so you get to see 
how each one of them works and they all work in different ways and they all have different ways of presenting uh, the obituaries and it's just a fascinating documentary um, if you've got time um, it's playing here in Atlanta it'll be start it's playing at uh, Midtown Art um, and uh, our uh, it's also I sh I'm sure online but it's called Obit and I highly recommend it it's a really good documentary and they also uh, it's they tell the story of not just the big obituaries like say Michael Jackson you know and they talk about that day that Farrah Fawcett had died and they were gonna put uh, you know do a big store in Farrah Fawcett and then at three o'clock uh, and they go to they have to get their stuff done by six at three o'clock they find out Michael Jackson's dead and now the guy has got to write and he writes like an 1800 word piece on Michael Jackson um, and it's one of the things that the New York Times is known for uh, so this is just a fascinating film I highly recommend it cool it reminds me a lot of what was that movie um the last word I don't know if any either of you saw it that came out I... with um Shirley MacLaine and Amanda Seyfried right yeah yeah where she's um, an obituary and Shirley McCain like basically hires her to write her own obituary while she's still alive. <laughs> so she can edit it and correct it? Yeah, <laughs> basically. So she can basically write her own. Nice. Um, yeah. Well, on the, the happy topic of death, um, the, uh, no, this is my brilliant transition. The Leftovers airs its series finale oh. this Sunday. See, that was good. That was good. You just guys, you got to trust me. Um, but what I'm really, really... That's not that happy, though. Yeah, I know. The Leftovers is not a happy show. It's incredibly depressing. Probably one of the most depressing shows on television, but also one of the best shows on television. Um, and it's going to be coming to a conclusion on Sunday night. And I'm actually going to be able to sit down with Damon Lindelof. And I'm going to butcher his last name, Tom Perota. I think that's how you say it. Um, who actually wrote the novel that the series was originally based on. And then um, Mimi Ledger. So she's directed a couple of, uh, well, more than a couple of episodes of the series as well. Uh, so I'm super excited about that. And we'll have that not next week, uh, but the following week. We'll have kind of a, a roundup of post-series finale interview uh, with all of those guys. So that'll, nice. that'll be cool. Nice. Speaking of more death, did you guys hear that uh, Sense8 got canceled? I did. Netflix canceled it. I just saw that come yeah. across my feed. Um, I don't feel like anyone watched that. I think I know like five people, you being one of them. <laughs> I, I started it. it. I haven't. I haven't seen. I haven't even finished season one. But it was you know it was always one of those series that I been meaning to come back to and finish. You know. Well, I love the Wachowskis. Yeah. So, and th and that's the one that's that had the budget that it was like twelve million dollars an episode or something just ridiculous that. Um, yeah, you can see why they would, you know, would cancel it uh, because of the fact it was costing so much money to make. I feel like they could have done it on a, a smaller budget. Granted, smaller I've budget. not started season two yet, but um, it does look like they probably filmed in multiple areas of the world for each one of the stories that they were um, documenting. And they could they could have done it for less than $12 million an episode, I'm sure. Uh, but it was a really good show, and if you guys haven't checked it out... Um, not that there's going to be a third season, but you should definitely still watch it because it's yeah. uh, it's really really well done. And I need to see season two. I haven't actually started that yet, but uh, yeah. I'm hoping. I 
I had made the joke. It's like, oh, it's been canceled. Maybe, maybe Netflix could pick it up. Oh, oh, oh wait. Oh, oh. no. <laughs> it's like when Netflix cancels a show, you know it's gonna be dead forever. Yeah, that's uh, sadly true. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, that was not that was not good news to see come across my feed today. Yeah. Uh, but talking about happy things now, now that we've talked about a bunch of sad things, um, we have Comet Cosplay coming up on Monday night at Comet Pub and Lane's in Decatur at 8 p.m. It is Wonder Woman themed, and you don't have to dress up as Wonder Woman, but we encourage a Wonder Woman inspired costume. Um, I've decided I'm going to go as... What what did I say this was gonna be, Matt? I'm gonna do like Mr. Robot Wonder Woman or Wonder Mr. Wonder Hacker. Mr. Robot Wonder Hacker. <laughs> Wonder yeah. Hacker. The robot Mr. Robot hoodie with the uh, Wonder Woman headband. Was it like a yeah, crown like the, the tiara. Yeah. Tiara. Yeah. Um. So that's uh that's what I'm gonna be doing. So that just gives you a little bit of insight into uh, the fact that you don't have to come in a Wonder Woman costume. Yeah. I'm gonna be in a hoodie. I have Wonder. <laughs> <laughs> I have Wonder Woman socks. That's all I got so far. I still have a couple of days to to figure it out and put something and together. And I'll be going as a film critic. It's Mike <laughs> and Mike. And Mike. Team and Mike. Um, I, I'm feeling good about our team this time because the last time we went bowling... Um, we had... You, you destroyed. I did really well the last round, so I'm just going to have to get yeah. there super early and, like, like four games <laughs> and then yep. have a lot of drinks because apparently those are the two secrets to me bowling well <laughs> but um, I will only I will only bowl one game because my first game was the best game. it was a solid game your first one was awesome yeah. um, and then next week we're also going to have some interviews from Walker Stalker Con up in Nashville. I know I'm talking with John Berthal this weekend and hoping a couple of my other interviews oh, nice. that I have lined up are going to come through too. So we'll see. Cool. We'll see. I'm also, uh, also hoping I get over my cold in the next 24 hours because it's going to be rough. But... Uh, Drink lots of fluids. Lots of fluid. Probably not coffee because that, that's all I've been drinking today. No, yeah. But um, when I was sick and missed uh, the pilots and pizza, yep. event, um, I do a honey and lemon and and water, like a tea, a honey and lemon tea that I make, and that's basically all I drink, and it. It helps out a lot, especially like if you have a sore throat and it hurts your throat. Yeah, like it'll just—it's very soothing, and so. Well, you knocked it out pretty quick. If you haven't, give that a try. Yeah, I mean, it was just my throat, so yeah. I don't know. Like, it wasn't an actual cold, cold. I gotcha. Yeah, this is my sinuses. The rest of me feels fine. Mm. I'm just very congested, but. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty much it for this week. And of course, next week after our next episode, we're going to head out to ATX Festival. And we have a ton of interviews lined up, um, as we mentioned, The Leftovers, um, the cast of Younger, and a few other little surprises that I'm still waiting on yep. confirmations for. So, Well, and, uh, and uh, there's a, a cult show that was only on for one year on strangely Nickelodeon called The Middlemen that I just loved. And that's one of the cool things about the ATX festivals. They don't concentrate just on the big hits. They also bring uh, some one-hit wonders. Uh, our shows that, that have got a great fan volume, but they were only on for a year. And I'm going to uh, interview the uh, the star of that show, Natalie Morales. She's gone on to do some other stuff. 
uh, including she was on Suits for a while. Um, but uh, that I, I'm a big fan of her, so I'm looking forward to that. One correction. Let's. One correction on that. It was ABC Family, not Nickelodeon. Oh, ABC Family. Yeah. Okay, it still didn't. <laughs> oh. It still didn't fit. <laughs> it didn't. It, oh. it was really good, though. It was a really good series. <laughs> I just I never get the chance to correct Mike, so I got really excited. <laughs> <laughs> got to take advantage of exactly. it. <laughs> um, exactly. Uh, just like my win over Guardians of the Galaxy. Exactly. You did not win. <laughs> I did win. <laughs> Alien was number one. That's all you that did matters. Not win. No. Suck it, and Mike. <laughs> um, well, thank you guys for joining us for episode fifty-seven of the Atlas Podcast. I will try to be well for our next podcast, so I'm not. Hopefully, it doesn't sound like I'm like falling like over on this podcast as I am in real life. But um, we will see you guys next week again. My name is Emma Loggins, editor in chief at FanBolt.com. I am Matt Rodriguez, the owner and chief editor of ShakeFire.com. And I'm Mike McKinney, uh, last one to leave the theater.com and ATLCW.tv. See you guys next week. And go see Wonder Woman and Obit. And Captain Underpants. <laughs>